From stretch marks to self-love, Talking Out Loud explores it all. Tune in to season two for real, raw relationship stories and advice. I'm your host, Danae Mercer, and I'm happy you're here. Welcome back, guys. This week, we have a bit of TV joining us here on our podcast today. So we have Hollywood executive turned author Tara Schuster, the former VP of Talent and Development at Comedy Central. She's also the author of self-help book, Buy Yourself the Effing Lilies, and other rituals to fix your life from someone who has been there. So Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I mean, you have such an incredible resume. I, I had to chop and cut out big chunks because all the amazing professional things you've done. But I also, <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually uh, ties in very well to your book. So why don't you tell us a bit about your book, what it's about, what inspired you to write it? Yeah. So, you know, I never even set out to write a book. I was on the path of being a Hollywood executive. I I worked at Comedy Central and I was the executive in charge of shows like um, Key and Peele for the network. And so it was never my intention to write a book. Um, It was my intention to save my life. I was really good at work, but super terrible at life. Like I was having, after a neglected childhood, um, I was really having a rough time of thinking of myself as someone worthy and treating myself well. And pretty early on in my career, you know, even I was 25 and I was already quickly kind of um, climbing the corporate ladder, but I was imploding inside. Um and it was sort of, you know, grinding at work, uh, self-medicating with booze and weed when I got home, you know, a day of meetings, and then I make it to the subway to openly weep. Um, that was sort of um, my pattern. And I might have kept going that way, except that on my 25th birthday, I, I woke up the next morning, realized I had drunk dialed my therapist and threatened to hurt myself. And that next morning, feeling that kind of shame, I thought, I got to save my life. You know, I I didn't have parents to teach me how to value myself. I am just self-destructing. If I don't save my life, no one else will. And since I had always been really good at work um, and at school and at anything that gave me external validation, I sort of thought, what if I took that spirit, my like dogged, get it done um, kind of framework and applied it to reparenting myself? What if I became my own parent? So the morning after my 25th birthday, I started a Google Doc <laughs> asking questions like, what are values? What are principles? What are vegetables? Like genuinely, what are they? Which one should I be eating? What is a quinoa? Um, and I, I just kind of <laughs> like attacked it. And I did this for five years. The Google document ended up being 600 pages. And that's when I realized, um, oh, oh, wow, I'm a different person. I actually love myself in a genuine way. And I have a story to share. And, and so that's when I decided to write the book because I knew that there were so many other people struggling with authentic self-love, with authentically taking care of themselves, and that I could offer something. Um, I just wanted to make people feel less alone and, and hopefully give them a hand. Now, it's so interesting to hear you say that 
even though, you know, before 25, you were incredibly successful. You were so busy. You were doing all the things you were climbing the ladder, like you were getting all the praise. And yet there was, there was obviously something inside that was wrong. So why, why didn't work? Why didn't that make you happy? Because that's what, that's what we're always told. You know, it's like, go out there, go get it, find that job, do that thing. So why doesn't it make, why didn't it make you happy? Yeah, that is such a good question. I actually have the good chills right now because that's like, that's the root question. We are sold the idea that external success, getting the job, um, if one statements, if I get the job, if I get the house, then I'll be happy. Um, You know, it just doesn't work for literally anyone. I don't know one person who's, you know, won an Oscar or, you know, I work with um, big, talented people all the time. They are never happier because they got the pilot, they got the TV show. It, you have to be happy with yourself internally. And these other um, markers of success, they're kind of fun. You know, I, I try to appreciate them when they happen. But the real, um, the the happiness, longevity, the ability to to delight in the details of your day, in the little habits you have, that is what leads to actual happiness. And I can tell you for sure that's true because I had all of the outward markers of success and I was miserable. Like I had the dream job, I had the dream life, and I hated myself and every second of it. Then how did you make that change? Like people Hmm. are you hear, you often hear people say, oh, you know, love yourself. And Mm -mm. the question I get asked all the time is, okay, but how? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that, and that was a big motivator for writing the book. Um, because I, you know, even though I was successful, I, and climbing the ladder at that point at 25, you know, I wasn't like super wealthy and I can just take an eat, pray, love journey of self-reflection. You know, I had bills to pay. I had real things that needed to get done in the real world. So I decided, how can I make this a part of my everyday life? And I I think there are really simple things you can do to show yourself um, self-love. For me, that's something as simple as journaling, which, you know, what is journaling? It is taking the time to understand yourself a little better, taking the time every single morning, even if it's only 10 minutes, you know, for me, it's three pages, but 10 minutes, three pages, whatever works for you, just to say, how do I feel today? Do I have enough self-respect to stop and even know the answer to that question? Um, you know, writing a gratitude list every day. It's super eye-rolly. When, when I was, when someone first suggested that I um, use gratitude as, as a way to feel better, I was like, what do I even have great to be grateful for? I grew up neglected and psychologically abused. Like, what? like where is this gratitude coming from? Um, but I realized, oh, I'm grateful for water. I am grateful for the air we breathe. I'm grateful for this job. I'm grateful for, you know, it kind of like exploded and and made my life so much better. Even something like making the bed every single day, showing myself that I have enough respect not to be in a wadded up uh, pile of sweaty sheets because I'm a super sweaty sleeper. Um, (laughs) These very small habits 
in these very small rituals where on the daily you show yourself how much respect you have for yourself and you treat yourself as well as you would treat a guest. To me, that's how you actually implement self-love, self-care into your life because a big vacation to Tulum is great, but that actually isn't self-care. Those big, big things, those big goals, they're fun in the moment. That is not what brings you happiness on a daily basis. Um, but I promise you making your bed will. I, <laughs> I, I love how you phrased it as treat yourself like you would a guest. Because yeah. I've, heard, I've heard the idea of like, you know, treat yourself like you would a friend. But a guest, there's something really beautiful and tangible about like using the nice towels, yes. putting on the sandals. Like. Yes, yes, exactly. Even cleaning your bathroom in a way that wouldn't be embarrassing if a guest came over, you know, like we are so good to guests. We want them to see our best selves, feel comfortable, feel relaxed, feel at home. That is the exact kind of respect we should be uh, showing ourselves. And I think it's a really good framework because if you just go through your day thinking, how would I treat a guest? Then exactly what you're saying, you'll use the nicer towels. Like, why do you even have these nice towels if you're never going to use them? Like, why are, <laughs> like, like genuinely, like, why are they sitting there? Use the nice towels, put out the nice soap. You are worth being nice to. I completely, I can appreciate that. I want to print that off and stick it on my wall because I, <laughs> I am, I'm such a disaster with like, I even buy perfume that I love and mm. then I don't use it because it's my uh, favorite. Uh, <laughs> like, you got to spray, spray that perfume, get that on you. <laughs> now talk to me a bit about your, your body image during this time. Like, mm -hmm. did you ever struggle with your body image and how did you navigate that? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it was a full on disaster. I, I mean, you don't have to have gone through a neglected childhood um, to hate your body. You can just be a woman in America and you will have the pleasure of having a, a lot of self-hate around uh, your body. I, for me, it was um, there were some really specific things from my childhood that, that just made me feel really ashamed. And I, I get into them in the book. But essentially, by the time I was in college, I was just grossed out by, um, I, I'm going to talk in specific about my breasts. I was just like, ugh, these are like this matronly pile of just garbage on top of my chest. They're like big and I don't know what to do with them. And, and part of it was I had lived with my single dad who, you know, dropped me off at Gap Body. And that was that, you know, like, I didn't know, like, what to do with them. Um, and I really, really, like, I would look in the mirror, and I just remember thinking, you're so ugly, you're so gross, this will never work. And that translated into every item of clothing I put on made me feel bad and matronly. Um, and it might have kept going on and on like this, except I realized through the reparenting process that one way to trick myself into feeling better was to honor what felt bad. So I just wondered, well, what would happen if I came up with something to honor my breasts? I feel really uncomfortable with them, but so what would happen if I treated them nicely? 
And I got really into um, nice bras and not nice bras for some dude, nice bras for me, bras that were intricate and detailed and beautiful that, that when I saw them under my clothes, I was like, Ooh, hot pink and mesh. Hell yeah. Like, you know, things that would make me excited. And what I realized was sometimes you need to find a ritual that honors the thing you're unhappy with to sort of flip the narrative for yourself. And and now I can genuinely tell you, I love my breasts. I think it's fun and cool that I have them. Like in the first place, I honor them um, and I make it a really just a, a more delightful part of my life. So if there are things that you really don't like about yourself, I think the real solution is to figure out a way to honor them. Absolutely. I think that's been one of the biggest transformations with for me with my, my butt and my hips, which mm. are things I've always, always struggled with since I hit puberty. Mm. And you know, now I jump around on the internet sometimes and I shake them like a little duck. Yeah, <laughs> I saw and I, I love it. Well, it's, it's partially because I can't dance. So I just, I just <laughs> default into like a duck shake, but it, <laughs> but it brings me a lot of joy. And I think for me, it's, it's that way of honoring it and just saying like, Hey, you're not shameful. You're not disgusting. You're not bad. Like this is kind of cool and it's kind of awesome. Yes. And I love you just use the word joy. And like, as we're laughing about it, I think figuring out ways to laugh about these things and realize it's not as grim as we think, you know, like I was grim about my breasts. I was down about it. It would like ruin my day when I would look in the mirror, dance, shake, jiggle, like make some space and some levity about like, this isn't the worst thing in the world. And in fact, I am lucky to be here. I am lucky to have this human body. Whether you love it or hate it, it's the one body we get. And so my message is figuring out ways to take it a little less seriously, you know, and, I, and to really try to enjoy it. That's such a great message as well. And I've heard you talk a few times about reparenting. What is reparenting and how, how would a listener start the process of reparenting themselves? Yeah. So, you know, my, I think the first thing I'd say is reparenting is for everybody, even people who had parents who nurtured the heck out of them and loved on them hard. Because as we grow older, we have new parenting needs. You know, we need to be taken care of and we are the best people to do it for ourselves um, because hopefully we know ourselves the best. So what reparenting is, is understanding what you need and giving it to yourself in a nurturing way, the way the best parent uh, would give it to yourself. And how we do that, you know, for me, journaling is the very first step, um, but it's really any way that you can build some self-awareness around what you need. I like to journal because I can see um, even simple stuff like I'll journal. Uh, why can't why can't you get up at six thirty? You know that's the time you actually want to get up. How can we help you um, wake up earlier? Oh, I need to go to bed earlier. Okay, like it could be that simple, or it could be um, this morning I was journaling about relationships with men and some of the patterns that I'm in. Um, but it's, it's basically how do you, I, ca I call it DMing with your soul. Like it's a way to get in touch with what you need. 
And then I always bring loving action to what the needs are. So it's finding those emotional wounds, finding those emotional needs, and then I apply um, a ritual to them. So, you know, it might be as simple as taking a really nice bath when I, you know, realize something um, about a relationship pattern, like, why do I keep getting into these, like, miserable dudes who um, the relationship is exhausting? Maybe I'll, like, journal about that, then I'll take a really lovely bath. Maybe I'll go for a walk. It, it's about finding something beautiful to bring to that emotional wound. Um, so that's, that is the process of reparenting and you, you do it every single day, you know, and cumulatively over time, honestly, you can grow into a more mature, self-loving person just by doing those simple things, just by journaling, just by taking those baths. Um, it's kind of shocking how, how much change and how much growth you can really make. Absolutely. Well, I, when we started this podcast, the first couple of experts I had on here were licensed therapists and psychologists, mm. and both of them really pointed towards how disconnected so many of us are from our own internal voices. Like yes. Often mm -hmm. we don't know what we're feeling. We don't know why mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on. And so we work more or we eat more or we starve or we do this or we do that to, to try to control those feelings. Exactly. When in reality, yeah. And in reality, it's, it's about like what you're saying, journaling and tuning in. Yeah. It's all about building self-awareness. If, if I could boil it down to one thing, it's just how aware are you of what is actually happening? Not what you want to be happening, not what you're posting on the gram, but what is, what is actually happening inside of yourself? Because once you have the answer to that, you can address it. But you know, in the past when I was in my kitchen, um, binge eating Ben and Jerry's, like I couldn't tell you what emotional hole I was throwing that ice cream into. I had no idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm going to go to town on a pint or my, my <laughs> thing is like, I could just eat like five bags of popcorn in a row. No problem. Um, and joyfully too. Like, I don't even feel ashamed of that. Like whatever. I love popcorn. Um, but like, what, where are we pouring that into? Where are you pouring the wine into? Where are you pouring the ice cream into? Understanding that gives you the power to change and to actually address the root issue. And that's what I think we could all be doing a better job of is understanding what is the root issue. Um, because as I write in my book, that which you don't deal with deals with you always. I can, I can promise you that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And for anyone who's listening, one of the things I found really helpful when I was learning to, to figure out my emotions mm. is you can just Google, like Google an emotion chart and mm. all, all these things will pop up online. And instead of it just being, I feel tired, I feel anxious. There, there are specific words that really I found it really helpful to narrow down what am I feeling? What is going on? And now Tara, you have spoken a little bit about relationships and that is what this season is all about is, mm -hmm. is relationships. So will you, will you talk to me a bit about like, have, have your patterns of dating, have, have, has it changed 
since yeah. before you went on this journey to now or what advice would you have? Yeah. Um, you know, as we're talking, one of the things that's really um, resonating for me is this idea of self-awareness. I think many of us get into relationships without being self-aware at all of what we're doing. You know, for me, I was ricocheting from man to man in a desperate attempt to to prove to myself that I was worthy. You know, if I can get this guy to like me or to love me, then it's it's obvious I'm lovable. And what I really had to do was pause because I was I was always I, I I was for 15 years basically in a relationship you know, with the, the most time out being like a month, it was just dude to dude to dude. And I really had to stop and say, what am I doing? Why? How does this feel? Cause I didn't, I just was exhausted basically. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is pausing, being self-aware. I started journaling about my past relationships, you know, um, trying to find a pattern. And in my book, I really get into a step-by-step approach to how can you break down a pattern. And then thinking to myself, not that I would break the pattern in the new relationship, like not putting those kinds of expectations, but that at least I would be more self-aware of what I was doing. Because I think it's really, it is really hard to break some of these um, patterns because they become so safe feeling and uncomfortable things end up feeling really comfortable. And, and so we need to forgive ourselves. The, the biggest thing we need to do is become self-aware, see sort of what's going on, and then forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves so that we can move on. Like you can't beat yourself into being better. You can't beat yourself and self-criticize yourself into a new relationship pattern. You have to love yourself into that. So what's different for me from when I wrote the book, because I don't have it all figured out by any means, um, is that I've paused. I've really paused on dating altogether. I'm taking time to further investigate and spend more time with me, you know, spend more time loving myself, doing cool things with me, um, which is convenient in a pandemic. Very, very (laughs) convenient timing. (laughs) Well, do you know what? I spoke the other day with um, an influencer named Clara, Clara and herself, Mm. and she's this incredible TikTok influencer. And what she has started to do is a whole series around dating herself. Mm, mm -hmm. And she made this great point of like, we do all these fun things, but with other people, why why don't we ever just do that with ourselves? Oh, I'm so about that. I have, I... The last chapter in my book is about a romantic vacation I took myself um, on to Paris, you know, and, and the title of that chapter is Romance Yourself. You, you know, I, I think particularly in February with Valentine's Day, take yourself on a romantic date, even if you're in a relationship. If, if we really love ourselves and treat ourselves like the best lover you've ever had, if we're that sweet and that kind, it is only good. It is only good for ourselves and for the rest of our community. Because when you think about it, somebody who's happy and fulfilled and thinks they're worthy does not put down other people. They do not treat other people poorly. 
they are an asset to their community and someone who really helps and has the emotional bandwidth to help. So, you know, I've definitely heard, oh, self-care is self-indulgent. And I'm like, well, then you're doing it way wrong because self-care is just about thinking I am worthy. I am a worthy person and I can be worthy for this community. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that influencer, like romance yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, now, now I, I'm obsessed with Paris and now I need to know all about it. <laughs> but um, I am, I'm aware of your time. So where, where can people find your book? Where, they, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, you can find the book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. Um, and me, I'm Tara Schuster on Instagram. And if you go to my website, taraschuster.com and sign up for my newsletter, I give one practical, not cheesy self-care tip every week. And it's just a really good community of people who are a little eye-rolly about self-help, but are genuine and wanting to heal. Like that's our vibe. We're, we're, <laughs> we, we are very grounded um, and, but want to, to really do the work. That sounds like an incredible vibe. I feel like, I feel like as soon as this is done, I'm going to bop on over there and sign up for that newsletter. <laughs> Please. We'd love to have you. Well, Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Remember to click subscribe. There will be another episode up next week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.